Hello, everyone. I'm Elena Armijo, and I'm the founder of the C-Suite Collective. This is a company I created for executive leadership coaching and wellness that supports C-Suite executives, entrepreneurs, and founders. We support modern companies committed to fostering diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, holistic organizational growth, and generational impact for years to come. Now, more than ever, businesses are running faster and with fewer resources. Burnout, overwhelm, disconnection, and disillusionment are the new norm for teams struggling with an old paradigm. At the C-Suite Collective, we believe deeply that providing massive support for your teams through executive coaching and holistic practices will create an inclusive culture, higher levels of performance, sustainable change, and the organizational impact you desire. You can find us at the c-suitecollective.com. What gifts would more emotional awareness give you access to? We'll look at that in our coaching tip for the week. And today in our interview segment, we have Lauren Borden, who is an amazing soul and part of the C-Suite Collective. She has a PCC, an MA, and a PhD in organizational psychology, and is a holistic leadership coach who specializes in the emotional and spiritual aspects of growth. I hope you enjoy the episode today, and remember, something powerful resides within you. I'm here to support you in seeing it and creating it. What gifts would more emotional awareness give you access to? This is something I've been asking myself a lot lately as the last eight years or so, I've done a lot of work in the emotional awareness space and I still find myself looking for the ways that I can continue to expand my own awareness around emotional intelligence, emotional resilience, and really just emotions in general for myself. So what I notice is that the more that I stay curious about what I'm feeling or not seeing or not aware of in me, the more opportunity I have for growth and expansion. Sometimes it's really scary to look at what emotions we're experiencing and it's easier to stuff them down or hide from them instead of taking a second to actually look. So you might be asking yourself, why would I even want to look at this? What's what's in it for me to look at my own emotional awareness scale? So there are three places that I would have you think about as a possibility for growth if you're willing to do some emotional work. The first is the ability to slow down and process what's happening to you in real time. So in my own life experience, I haven't always known how I felt because I haven't given myself the opportunity to slow down. So actually pausing in the moment and asking myself, what am I feeling right now is a step in emotional awareness and growth for me. The second is it gives you more capacity to be with others wherever they are at in their own growth. So you've probably heard the old saying that whatever you can't be with in others is tenfold over on your side of the street with what you can't be with in yourself. So another reason to expand emotional awareness is so that you can actually meet people where they're at in their own growth and be with them instead of not understanding them. The third thing or the third tip that I have for you is that it allows you more moments in life to experience what's going on. So the more that I'm able to understand what I'm feeling, the richer the experience is in real time. When I can really say, as I sit and I watch 
good friends get married. In this moment, I feel peace and love and harmony, and I'm really able to be in the experience of watching that instead of, I don't know what I'm feeling right now, and I notice all the distractions in the room, and I'm curious about what's next, which is how my brain races in its own version of anxiety. So again, the third possibility is that you might actually be able to ground yourself in the experience that's happening right now. Lauren, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. You are, to me, a a deep soul sister, especially after some of what we've been through the last year together with the C-Suite Collective. But um, also, I always think about like the first time I met people when I have them on and my experience of them. And I remember the first time I met you, it was in a training room uh, with other coaches and leaders in the world. And I remember just thinking how incredibly powerful you were uh, and grounded, but magical at the same time. And I hadn't ever, at that time in my life, I hadn't seen it so integrated before mm-hmm. in a way that really just showed me that that magic doesn't have to look like what, what we've seen, you know, sometimes, which is a lot of like a lot of California vibes or, <laughs> or you know, flowing into yoga retreats and medita- meditation retreats. And all those things are beautiful. And we're going to talk a lot about that today. But I had never seen it integrated with power and leadership in a way that that was present in you when I very first met you. And that was a long time ago. I think that was like five years ago when I met you. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks oh for gosh. being here. Thank you so much, Elena. That's, I feel like, I would love to just have someone follow me around and introduce me that way whenever <laughs> whenever I show up places. That was the most beautiful intro I've ever I've ever gotten. And just I really received that. Thank you. And likewise, I think, well, it was funny because I remember that was in New York. Mm-hmm. So of course it was a little more grounded. Yes. <laughs> <'Cause New York, laughs> you need to be. And uh, but really likewise with you, I feel like, you know, we recognize in other people what we have in ourselves. And that's something that I see in you as well. Awesome. Well, I want to jump right in. Um, one of the reasons that you're here is you are a, a very solid, <laughs> strong member of the C-Suite Collective, but also you're a rock star in your own right. So I have some questions for you around leadership in the world right now and what's going on in this crazy container of the world that we're in. Um, one of the things that you do really well is you work with highly sensitive people in leadership. So mm. what does that actually mean to you? Oh my gosh. Uh, right out the gate with a powerful question. I think it's such an interesting topic because I think a lot of times when people hear that, they hear highly sensitive and they assume they, it, we have a pretty disempowering relationship to that phrase. I at least did too, because I consider myself to be highly sensitive and work with a lot of people who are highly sensitive. And almost all of them initially say, oh, hell no, that's not me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely not. And um, really the thing that I'm talking about when I'm talking about high sensitivity is that there's a capacity to feel things really deeply and a natural creativity and prioritization of things that we might label as being softer, like connection and community and creating space for all of us in those communities and intuition and uh, leading in a way that's really 
people centered and I, people who are quote unquote highly sensitive or feel things really deep, deeply have a natural, not that other types, other people don't, I think we all have a natural proclivity towards it, but there's a really unique thing that I see with people who are highly sensitive, who can shift into that in this really powerful way with support and do so with a particular flavor that I think is really needed in organizations today and is really needed in leadership. It's the type of person who can walk into a room and sense what's going on without perhaps data about what's mm-hmm. going on, mm-hmm. without anyone needing to say anything, who can feel into the room and feel into what people need to feel welcome and seen and held, who can see other people's brilliance and see what makes them amazing and powerful, just like you did with me at the top of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> because I would, I don't know if you identify with, with that. Do you identify with that phrase? With highly You know, I, I was checking my feet over here while you were talking. I'm like, what does that bring up with me? And I, what I love about what you just modeled is the expansiveness of it. Because I don't think I, ha- I would have such a wide range of places to identify highly sensitivity, highly sensitive people, but also my own sensitivity in that way. And I think if I'm looking at it, I don't have a lot of judgments around highly sensitive, but I noticed that to me, I immediately went to feelings. That means I have a lot of feelings. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think that's what a lot of people in my circle, you know, might do like highly sensitive means, oh, she feels things a lot, which maybe at this point, we're just coming back to a time where feelings are okay, which I think mm-hmm. has been a big shift the last couple of years in um, companies and even private personal relationships. But I haven't had the language that you just used to expand it that way to like people centric or community. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and it's, I love that you brought up the piece with emotions too, because I see so often that that's our, that is our access point. Either there's sort of one of two camps. They're the people who feel a lot and are are like, what do I do with all of this? Mm -hmm. And I feel, and feeling like those things don't make them uniquely equipped for leadership or they need to shut it down to move into leadership. And then there's sort of the folks, which is more of the camp that I was in where it was, it was like, well, I know I have a lot of feelings, but I'm sort of trying not to own that about myself. And I've already shut them down. So I, you might not look at me and say she's really sensitive, but I sort of know that that's something that I've got going on. And the thing is, it's not about having more leaders who are, I think, you know, sometimes we only see sensitivity in organizations when it's uh, sort of out of control or it's not super empowered or we haven't really fully owned it or honed it. Usually if it's coming out, it's because there's uh, a needs not being met and it comes out in an explosion. So mm. we have, there can even be like a collective or organizational relationship to it. And with the right support and shifting our relationship to it, it actually becomes a leadership superpower mm. that is so needed in the world right now. And you embody it. So, I mean, we just came off of a retreat where we I did. got to see it in action and you you embody it so beautifully and so thoroughly. Mm, thank so, you for that. Just to reflect that back to you. Yeah. Thank you. Cause I don't, I'm not present to it. And this is something we talked about at the retreat. So we had our first company retreat because it's a celebration of one year of being launched in the world. And about half of us came together and really created this, this company, company retreat. I mean, that's, that is what it is, but it was so much more than we oh bargained gosh. for. <laughs> it, was so, it was so good, but it was so much. It was, it was. It was yeah. mag- it was really magical. There was a lot of healing that I think also happened and a lot yeah. of learning just yeah. by virtue of being together. 
Very cool. Yeah. Well, and that's what I had in mind when I was creating it is, okay, we're a virtual company. We haven't really ever been in the same space together. When we do offsites or retreats, they need to be something that is so sourcing to hold that container virtually because we, we are in a brick and mortar, right, throughout the year. And then we layer in on top of that that we're all coaches and healers in the world. So we got to practice what we preach, right? So that was sort of my where the download came from. We're going to talk about downloads in a minute because <laughs> you're the queen of downloads. <laughs> and um, so with that in mind, I was like, yeah, I really want people to leave like sourced and healed. And that word kept coming to me like healed, healed. And I had no idea how we were going to do that. And just trusting that our own gifts would show up in the space to be able to create that was sort of where we started from. That was the starting point, which I think is really powerful to share with people because people are always looking to create offsites for their teams. And sometimes I think we start with just one or two surface level intention and really wrapping down into our culture was really important to then just let things emerge. Is that how you experienced it or what's your take? 100%. I I often have the experience in containers I've led and also containers that I've been in where sometimes I think we set the intention of wanting to create a a transformative space and it feels like there's a bunch of stuff for us to do Mm, mm -hmm. to people and with people and how do we ask the question and what's the thing. And what was so magical about this weekend is there was some of that. There was some, uh, like there were exercises, there were things that we moved through, but there was also so much of the power was just in the setting of the container and the setting of the intention and trusting then what came up inside of it and then doing what we do as coaches and looking at what was coming up. And so there's this kind of trust of what shows up in a sacred container that you build, which you built from the outset. And I think we were all amazed at what showed up inside of it and no one could have possibly predicted it. Nobody. And that's, I think that's not me, not Mel, not anybody who created it. Right. And even, and I'm so present to the amount of trust that people had coming into it. Like, we don't really know what we're getting into, but we're going. And when I'm working with companies on their offsites and their intention, I'm really distilling and listening for not only what do you want to walk away with, but where are your people at? How do we meet them where they're at as they're walking into this room? And depending on where you're at level-wise, even with this highly sensitive conversation, right? Like highly sensitive people in leadership, where are they walking towards you that you can support them with, with this? And I'm curious, how do you see that that happened through the lens of the retreat with the highly sensitive conversation? Oh my gosh. Well, that was for sure showing up for me because I came into the just full disclosure, I came into the retreat with some stuff going on in the background that had activated some act, you know, some healing work for me. And so I was very much of the mindset. I'm like, okay, I'm putting this aside. I'm walking into this container and I'm taking that and I'm putting it in a box because that's my work. And I really held the two as separate. And predictably the work that we were doing there, everything is sort of divine. And whenever you're on a healing journey, things weave together in really beautiful ways and nothing is random. It's not like, oh, that happened before the retreat. And then in the retreat, it's like a different thing. No, they're going to be the same thing. So um, for me being able to sort of hold all of that and feel all of that, the most powerful thing that I experienced inside of the container was that the relationships that we've built inside of this team are ones that can, that can hold all of you. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And mm-hmm. I had a couple have had a couple of really crucial conversations with people on the team where I'm like, hey, this is what was coming up. I'm super conscious that it's mine, but I want you to know that that's what was in the space. And then having these really healing moments where I'm able to deal with it or or kind of move through it in partnership versus just in my own lane. And that was very new for me. Um, or rather, maybe in that scale, it was new for me. I wasn't, I'd never had that experience in organizations of being able to kind of give words to the things, thing that I was feeling in partnership and receive support and love and care for it, even though it was not anyone's responsibility other than mine to feel the things that were getting activated and that were being shown to me. So, yeah, well, and this is really what we're after with a new style of leadership. I think that we talk about this in the, the C-suite collective a lot, like redefining culture, creating it from the inside out, really seeing a holistic approach of people. This is stuff we talk about all the time. And I'm curious, I want to I want to ask you about human design now because, well, first of all, we got to define what that is in a second, but then how does this weave into the conversation of what we did and what we see we can bring to other people in other organizations? Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. And just for everybody listening, I had the privilege of reading everyone. I think everyone's human design with the exception of maybe one or two folks who weren't able to join us. Uh, and they are on my list. It's on my to-do list to get to their human designs. (laughs) But so human design is a, uh, system that synthesizes several ancient philosophies and basically cross sections them on top of each other so that we can get a blueprint of, for lack of a better word, your soul Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of you and your energy and how you're built to move through the world. And in human design, the idea is that the energy that you uniquely inhabit and your unique way of moving through the world is your purpose and um, challenges or uh, difficulties in mental health or pain basically happens when we move away from that unique way of being, which all of us have because the world requires us to take on certain ways of being and ways of showing up. So the human design system gives you this blueprint of how you uniquely show up in the world and how to start aligning more closely with that and experiencing more joy, success, um, connection, all of these things that we're talking about. One of the things that I did for the C-Suite Collective was I sat down and I looked at everybody's chart and I looked at how all of us were and certain themes and how all of us were connecting. I also looked at your chart, which was so cool because you were really the energy that the energetic blast that ended up creating like this thing called the C-Suite Collective. And so your energy is really infused into this thing that we're creating. And there are 7,000 things that I could talk about in this moment. But (laughs) what was really wild was it's, you know, some of the themes that we saw were that there's a lot of um, energy in the, I keep using that word. And it's, I realize that for those of us who aren't super woo, it's like, oh, energy. But there's a lot of the the way that a lot of us come together is very impactful. Like this is a group that's here to be disruptive and it's here to be a little bit different than what you might out, you know, through the gate see inside of an organization or a team or a corporation. And that outside perspective is going to allow transformation to occur. It really is uh, an, almost an initiation when you think of initiation, it's like you go into initiation and initiation and you come out of that initiation as a different type of person, as a, a different type of community. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, Life on the other side of an initiation is fundamentally different than it was beforehand. And that is something that is infused into all of our blueprints and really how all of us show up. And that was very, that's very unique. That's not necessarily something that every organization has. It's really a byproduct of the people who are, who have come together. It's a byproduct of you and who you are in the world and how you've infused yourself into this space. And it just, it was such a cool conversation because it got me so excited (laughs) for the work, for the work. I, I was already excited for the work that we're doing, but it felt like it really, concretized it. I don't know if that's actually yeah. a word, but yeah. it made it really yeah. concrete. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I I just want to lay a couple thanks for people out there. What, first of all, you are magic at this. This is your gift. You're zone of genius. You've studied this for years. You are you are building this as a staple in your business and offering this gift to many people in the world that want it. And I think human design it it feels so much more powerful than something as simple as strength finders or Myers Briggs. Meyer, am I saying that right? Myers Briggs. Yeah, Myers Briggs. Is that the yeah. soap? Or is that the soap? I always confuse them. <laughs> the the, there's also Myers. With my my there's dyslexic, Myers and there's Myers Briggs. <laughs> exactly with my dyslexic brain. It takes a minute. I'm like, wait, which one am I referencing right now? Um, you know, but all these assessment tools out there, right? That people use to really lock into who are my people on my team. And I think human design is, for companies that are ready for it, it's powerful in another level than we've been playing with with all the other the other tools that we have, the assessments out there. So that's the first thing I want to say about it. But the second thing that I want to highlight that you said is what I love about the way we built this is we had the luxury of building something radical and different from the ground up. So even thinking as as the company was being built and the people that we were wanting on our teams and and hiring, enrolling, right, to be here was from that lens of disruption. So it all came from the mission and vision. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things to offer out there to companies that are looking, like you may not have the luxury of starting from the ground up because you're already built or you're five years in or, you know, you're moving from startup mode to bigger but there is an opportunity to change the way that you relate to each other based on this system in the moment in real time and moving forward to create intentionally from a hiring process. And do you have anything to add around that, around what people could could look for or use? Oh my gosh. One of the things to speak to the, I think it was the second thing that you said around how we relate to each other and work and on teams. I mean, I love that about assessments in general. My back, I don't, we didn't say this, but my background is in, I used to be an assessment specialist. So my PhD in organizational psychology, so much of my work was, I was the person who was building those assessments. And then I was the person who was doing these really wide scale debriefs of either executive teams or executives or whatever. Um, to support them in their development. And so assessments have a way of adding that in general. What I love about human design that seems really unique is it's a system that has people feel really acknowledged and seen and is just such permission to operate the way that you uniquely operate. My experience Mm -hmm. when I first had my uh, human design done was – oh my gosh, this has always been here and this is why X, Y, and Z are challenging for me. Or this is why, because I've been playing out of my lane in these ways and feeling like I have to play out of my lane. And for so for example, one of the things, I'm a, I, you and I are both manifestors. And what that means is that we have a lot of power. We have a lot of like 
We have a, a big impact in the way that we move through the world. We're very disruptive and we tend to work in bursts. So we can be really, really, really productive and probably generate more than a lot of other people in a short amount of time. And then that energy sort of hits its its capacity and then it's actually time for us to rest. Mm-hmm. And I used to relate to that like, oh my gosh, I I just need to be more consistent. I just need to learn to show up every single day. And I did. I did learn to do those things. And when I was able to give myself permission to say, wait, hold on, there's actually a very unique way that my energy works and that I can schedule my day and that I can build, build the way that I work with clients and that I can interface with other people that actually capitalizes on my energy versus asking me to chameleon to my own expectations or other people's expectations, it allowed so much more space for me to show up, but it also helped me be more productive. Like it was actually a re- reversed where I thought that that was going to limit what I was able to create. And when I started doing that, things started just exploding and blowing up in this really beautiful way. And so what it does on teams is like, hey, that person over there who's having a hard time with X, Y, and Z, or who, you know, how do you, how do you work with them to support them in being as productive and impactful as they possibly can versus using a one size fits all approach. Like it help it gives us a language for relating to each other and collaborating with each other. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's yeah. what the magic was felt for the first time with this team that alchemized the team together where we all left feeling like, oh, I really understand you now. And I understand your zone of genius. And I also know how we can work together. Like there was a real sense of belonging that I don't think I've ever experienced on any teams I've played on to that level. You know? It was wild. I it it was it landed so beautifully and I I think in that space it had people feel really really seen and understood mm-hmm. sometimes for the first time. Like that's really the power of this stuff. Well, and imagine we are a bunch of coaches and healers that have done tons of transformational work. I would say all of us in the past 10 years and to have that level of belonging that was created to me, this is the heart of, you know, DEIB that we're talking about in organizations and starting in a place where people are seen fully first before we move into any other conversation around how or what that looks like on a team together. It's powerful stuff. Yeah. So I want to invite anybody out there that wants to have a conversation with Lauren. She does this. Hire her. Get your chart read. (laughs) Maybe bring her in to read the whole team's (laughs) chart, like, you know, and have it be something very powerful as a tool that you use Um, because she's really, really, really good at that much I know. (laughs) So um, you recently renamed your business. Will you tell us more about that and why? I did. Well, actually, you know, and it's funny, it's an offshoot of a lot of the things that we've been talking about. So I renamed my business. So formerly Lauren Borden Coaching, I renamed uh, my business to Veriditas Coaching uh, and launched a podcast called Veriditas Leadership. And really the vision for the space that I'm creating, I mean, it's very much based off of these things that we're talking about. So Veriditas is a uh, a Latin word that was uh, coined by... I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation because I am not German, but Hildegard uh, Hildegard Hildegard von Bingen, mm-hmm. and she was a uh, she ended up being like sainted. She was a philosopher. She was she was a um, 
a botanist and she was studying these different parts of nature and observed what she called veriditas, which is this ability for anything that is born of the earth to naturally blossom and evolution evolve and to heal itself and to grow and basically just explode in life in this really beautiful way. And it's something that moves through plants. It's also something that moves through humans. And when I learned about this, when I heard this term, I, there was something inside of me that just said, that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's the way that I hold growth is really that in many ways, it's a returning back to the earth. It's a returning back to our inherent brilliance and ability to grow. It's very holistic. You know, it's very holistic in that sense. Like if you speak to a holistic healer, they'll say, um, illness isn't necessarily the absence of health. It's just that something has gotten out of whack and is blocking it. And it's really based off of this idea that what would it be like for us as we support people in their growth if we trust them to grow? Mm. If we really relate to them as they're already growing, they're already doing the thing. There is brilliance and beauty in the thing that they're doing. Even the parts that maybe we feel are kind of icky or wonky or that we wish were different, there's an intelligence in it. And all we need to do, all the person needs to do, but all we need to do as coaches and healers is learn to leverage it and to support it and to trust it so that it can grow and explode and blossom. And yeah, so that's the, that's the whole philosophy. And that's really the thing that kind of runs through the, the center of my business. It's beautiful and it's so in alignment with who you are. I mean, it's, it's you practicing exactly what you believe in the world. By bringing that. And I'm curious, what do you think is possible for leaders and organizations if they were to embody this philosophy now, given where we're at and what's going on in the world? What's possible? I think, first off, we, I mean, on a very tangible level, we'd be able to lead people more effectively because the assumption would be we don't, there's no correction of what is happening on our teams. There's actually just an unleashing of something that's already there. Mm -hmm. Like if we really relate to that as already being in existence and our job is to just support the person and unmasking it, you know, that is, that alone is a huge game changer. And I think the other piece that I think about a lot is, and this one's, Sometimes I have a hard time swallowing this one, but it's the one I've really been sitting with, which is in moments where we have disagreements or when we, when we have people on opposite sides of the aisle or, you know, like that polarization of leadership and the different opinions that sort of are showing up in the world about the direction that we need to be moving in. If we could really recognize the beauty and brilliance in all of humanity and the human solidarity that runs through all of us my opinion is that it would put all of our brilliance on the table and it would allow us to create something that we couldn't even possibly, we we haven't even imagined yet. My opinion is that the thing that we're, we're kind of calling in as a collective and in leadership, it, we haven't even scratched the surface of what's actually possible. And when we actually relate to everyone as whole and compu- complete and brilliant and learn to interface with other people. It puts all of our problem-solving ability on and creative ability on the table mm-hmm. and allows us to, will allow us, I think, to solve some of the really challenging pro- problems that we're experiencing as a collective today. Oh, that's so beautiful, Lauren. And it's, I, I, 
I'm sitting here thinking, and now we have proof because we just did that. Like that's what happened for three days at a retreat for a company that was just willing to, to bring forward the human design, to trust, to create a container and to relate that way. We had no idea what it would create and walking away with all of these tangible things moving forward. It's like, it feels like it harnessed the collective power to create something that's like, oh, right, there it is. And never could have in a million years have tried to engineer that from, from the old paradigm. <laughs> it was wild. It was, yeah, really and truly. And I think it also creates space for, it really creates space for all of you. Like the thing I was really struck by this weekend was, it's like some of the conversation was was challenging and like some, it was like people were going through their own unique stuff, but there was this intelligence in the stuff that they were moving through, that we were all moving through. And there was a particular way that it collided where when we were able to, to hold space for it and look at it as brilliant and beautiful and powerful, that's when it kind of like exploded off into this other thing that where all of us were like, what the, you know, like, exactly. Like, uh, did we, wow. Yeah. 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 So cool. So cool. Oh my gosh. Well, um, this has been a treat. Thank you so much for being willing to be on, on the podcast today. And I like to ask every guest as we leave, you know, if you had something to say to the world to lead us into the, the next year, the next future for whatever that is for people, what would you leave them with? Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. love is the answer yeah to everything I really believe that yeah it's so big and so simple at the same time and I love it thank you so much for sharing your gift here you are a divine human and I love you thank you for having me <laughs>